Okay. So, I was trying to remember what we were even teaching in this class on Wednesday nights because it's been like a really long time since I have taught uh, this. You're right back there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you guys out on the podcast by name, okay. so then everyone will know. All right, listen up. So we started talking about discipline a long time ago. The last time I taught on discipline in this class was on June 21st. Since then, we've had camp. We had VBS or VBA. We had, I was out of town one week. I think I missed another week because Lincoln had football. It was a guy. Doug Pearson was here one time. Yeah, so we've had a lot of stuff come up. So I don't, I'm not going to start all over. We've been two weeks on it, uh, but I do want to kind of recap everything. So the, the study on discipline, the, the point of it was to kind of lead into camp and give us kind of like a framework for just having discipline in our lives, developing the muscle of, you know, setting our routine to be involved reading our Bible, to involve praying, to involve those kinds of things. Because if your routine doesn't involve that, your routine, you know, like your, just your natural routine is going to, you're going to run out of time if you don't set, uh, be intentional with setting time aside for that. So uh, discipline is important for, Basically, every area of your life. If you don't have, if you want to be good at something, uh, you need to be disciplined in that area. If you want to be a good athlete, you know, you have to show up for practices and you have to lift and you have to train and you have to, you know, get the, whatever the skills are for that particular sport. If you want to be a good performer, Bianca, if you want to be good in your play, you have to know your lines, know where you're supposed to go, you know, like know what the cues are, um, those kinds of things. If you want to be a good spouse someday, like you have to be intentional about that. You have to actually practice doing the things that make you be a good spouse. If you want to be a good student, uh, generally speaking, you should study. You should pay attention in class. You should like make an effort on your uh, assignments and things like that. Uh, so any, anything that you want to do well, um, you need to have some discipline. And so uh, some people have, you know, like a certain level of talent or skill or, um, you know, some people are just kind of naturally good at certain things. And so maybe for a while they can get away with not being disciplined. So I was never like a super smart person, but I was always a good student. Like I could kind of just show up. I could kind of, you know, do the assignments halfway decently. I could take it. I was always pretty good at taking tests. And so uh, I was a good student. It wasn't necessarily that I was very smart or that I really tried hard or that I put a lot of effort into it. I feel like I was kind of a lazy student, but, um, I had a little bit of a natural ability to like take a test well and do well on those, on those kinds of things. And so school kind of, for the most part, school kind of came easy to me. Um, some people are just naturally gifted athletes. Some people are naturally gifted at singing or people, some people enjoy like being in front of people and performing. Uh, that's that those kinds of things. That's not uh, my area of expertise. So if I want to be good at those things, it takes practice, it takes discipline, it takes hard work. Uh, so all of us have kind of things that maybe we're naturally good at. But even people who are naturally good at like a sport, 
uh, at a certain level, like you have to actually, you know, that that natural ability is going to run out, and you actually have to put in some effort if you want to still uh, be able to maintain, um, you know, doing well at that sport. Uh, the higher you go, and so um, I like football. So we're going to talk a lot about not a lot. We're going to talk a few things about football tonight. There's this um, show on Netflix called Quarterback. Anybody ever heard of it? No. Yes. Okay, well, there's this show. It's on Netflix. It's a documentary. It's called Quarterback. It is focused on football, but it's not really much about football. Uh, it follows three different quarterbacks in the NFL. One of them happened to be Patrick Mahomes, so uh, that's the main reason I wanted to watch it, because Patrick Mahomes was in it. But basically it follows these guys, and it shows a little bit of on-the-field stuff, but most of it's like off-the-field stuff. It's like shows them... You know, watching game film. It shows them at home with their families. It shows them getting, you know, like uh, massages and treatment and stuff like that on injuries. It shows them like just going through their everyday life through the whole football season. It started like right at the beginning of the football season and it went all the way through to the end. Uh, so it shows kind of the ups and downs of what it's like to be a quarterback in the NFL. And um, I just I like that kind of stuff. We watch it as a family. Uh, Brenda doesn't really care that much about football, but I think she liked it. My boys definitely liked it. Uh, but it was cool because so the quarterback you know is the most important position on the field for football and it showed them they get to the the facility like really early they're studying game film they're watching uh, you know plays they're they're learning their own playbook uh, they're having to get like I said treatment on their uh, injuries and, and things like that but there was this I think it was almost like one whole episode they were just talking about terminology so they were just trying they were just practicing the names of these plays and so it showed them like at home with their wife and their wife would be on like a tablet and they'd have a tablet and the wife would like read off a play and then the husband would have to like repeat it and try and tell like oh this you know this is what's happening in this play and so just like the vast amount of it I mean it was just a bunch of random words thrown together and letters and I can't even repeat some of the stuff they were saying it was just like it basically was like jibber jabber but whenever they said it all, like all those words in that order meant something to the quarterback. He, he heard it and he goes, okay, now I know that means this guy's going to go over here. He's going to run it this way. And so the quarterback has to kind of know all of those things, what all those words mean, what that's going to look like. And it all happens fast, right? I mean, like as soon as the ball is, is snapped, uh, everything starts happening and, and they have to like make decisions, you know, instantly. So there was a whole episode about just the terminology of what it takes to be a quarterback. Um, the amount of, like, I like to watch football, but I like to watch, mostly I like to watch the Chiefs play. But once the game's over, like, I don't want to re-watch, I don't want to re-watch the same game over and over and over again. I, I don't watch every single player on the field to see what they're doing. These guys were showing up early in the morning, they were staying until late at night, and they were watching, you know, each guy on the defense and what they do in this situation. Tell if he was mad or if he was just. Yeah. Was Oliver, wasn't it? Oliver was yelling. I heard Oliver. Okay. Anyways, doesn't matter. But anyway, they, so they would watch. Okay, when you know when the wide receiver is here, this is what this this defender does. So they're trying to learn like this week when we play this team, if we line up this way, they're going to try and do this. And so they, it's like this big chess game. So they just watching hours and hours and hours of footage trying to figure out 
what's going to happen on every single play so that they can know what they can do to try and beat that. And uh, anyways, I it's it sounds kind of boring to me. Even I like football, but even that, that aspect of it sounds like a lot, like the the time that it takes to do that. But it showed the difference between the ones who are really good at, at playing football and the ones that are really great at playing football and then the ones that are like the best to play football. And huh? The legends, yes. So of course Patrick Mahomes is the you know, the currently the best quarterback in the NFL. It had another guy that was kind of in the middle and then had another guy that was like he ended up getting benched halfway through the season. So it kind of showed three different levels of quarterback. But it was just interesting to see like the work that they put in and at that level everyone is talented. I mean, you're not gonna get by on pure talent or athletic ability uh, at the NFL level. Everyone at that level is like in the top, you know, quarter of a percent of athletes uh, in this country. So it's not, it's not going to, you're not going to be able to get by just on being athletic. Uh, you have to put in all the time. You have to put in all the effort. And so watching somebody train to be great at something, watching the discipline that it takes uh, to get to the point where they are, are great at something um, is impressive. So uh, another thing that we watched as a family, we watched the Rocky movies. Have you guys, anybody seen the Rocky movies? Seen Rocky? Juju, have you seen Rocky? No? Hallie, Bianca, you guys watch Rocky? What's Rocky? What's Rocky? Oh, my gosh. Huh? I've only heard of it in Age of Legends. Age of Legends? What does that have to do with Rocky? Is there something called Rocky Ancient Legends? I'm so Okay, well, Rocky is a boxing movie. There's like six of them now, or maybe seven. Okay, well, in the movie, you've probably seen some stuff from it or heard some quotes from it. But basically, you watch this guy, Sylvester Stallone. He's training to be a boxer. Uh, he's fighting different people in the different movies. But um, watching these montages, whenever I was a kid, I probably started watching those movies when I was, I don't know, like early teens or maybe even a little younger than that. But watching these montages, there was always like cool music, and he's you know he's running, he's jumping rope, he's like sparring with somebody, he's doing something, he's drinking raw eggs or whatever. It was just always like cool to watch this guy train. That's it's fictional, I get that, but like that's what if you want to be good at fighting, uh, that that's what you have to do, right? You have to put in the time and the effort. And so a lot of times I think we watch, uh, you know, whether it's football or whether it's fighting or whether it's, I don't know, whatever you like to watch, you watch people who are like great at it. Like, okay, the Olympics is a good example. You guys watch the Olympics when they're on summer or winter, doesn't matter. When you watch anybody who's like at the top level of their game, if you watch, you know, swimming or gymnastics, you watch these people do like amazing things and it seems like, oh, that must just come so easy to them. You know, they must not have to try that hard or maybe they put in some work, but all you see is like the end result where they are doing like awesome things and they're winning um, or, you know, they're doing awesome things and they're still losing because there's people that are even a little bit better than them. I feel like that it's kind of watching so, like having such easy access to people who are really good at things. I mean, you can watch, I mean, trick shot videos, you can watch, uh, you know, anything where people are just, it seems like they're doing really, they're like really, really good at something. Uh, but we don't watch, we don't really always think about like the hundreds of hours of grinding uh, to make to make it look like it's so easy. And um, so in a spiritual sense, I was thinking about this with, um, you know, just with our own pastor, right? Pastor Brian, uh, on average, I, I mean, I'm sure it varies a little bit for him, but on average, 
it's about 10 hours of preparation time for one hour of preaching time. That's like an average for most pastors. <clears throat> At least in our circles, pastors who are like studying out the Bible and like presenting, you know, a full-blown, you know, 45-minute to an hour-long message. It's about 10 hours per week of preparation time for that. And so if you think about that, I mean, 10 hours, that's, you know, an hour and a half a day of just reading, studying, uh, you know, reading, um, like, uh, what are those things called? Huh? Commentaries, yes. How did you know what I was thinking? Good job. Reading commentaries, reading the Bible, you know, studying devotionals, uh, praying, all those kinds of things. On average, it's about 10 hours to get one hour of, uh, of preaching time. And uh, so I, I think, so before I started working closely with Brian, uh, I didn't just necessarily, like, I didn't consciously think, oh, he's probably just naturally really good at that, right? But the more I work with him, the more I see the time that goes into the different, you know, preparing each message, uh, you know, it's a lot of work to make it look like or to make it seem like, you know, Here's an hour of information that God has given me to give to you. I mean, 10 hours of material, you got to like trim a lot down, right? I mean, you got to put it all down. You got to cut stuff out. You got to rearrange it. Um, it's a lot of work to get like one message ready. And then to do that every single week, that's a lot, right? It takes uh, discipline to be able to do that. So um, on top of that, you know, he's teaching on Wednesday nights. He's teaching on Sunday nights. Uh, HBI is going on now. So he's teaching on Tuesday nights. And so, you know, that's each one of those things maybe doesn't take 10 hours for each of them, but it's, it adds up, right? I mean, 10 hours for a Sunday morning message, another, you know, four or five hours for a Sunday night message, more time for Wednesday night, all this. It takes a lot of time and dedication and discipline to be able to spend that much time. It's not like a lucky thing or it's not like, oh, he just must be really good at communicating and really good at, you know, his understanding of the Bible. Well, how do you get good at understanding what the Bible is talking about? Or like understanding how it all goes together. You you get to that point because you study it. You spend time with it. You you get to know it, you know, forwards and backwards. So somebody called today uh, to the church office and they asked a question. And uh, I kind of gave them the best answer I could come up with. Um, and But they were like, hey, you know, ask Brian to, you know, let me know what he thinks about this particular Bible question. And so I went and I talked to Brian and when he got here and I was like, Hey Brian, this person called, they want to know, they were talking to someone and this person asked them this question and they wanted to know, you know, like what you thought about it. And Brian was like, well, what do you think about it? And I'm like, Ugh. I gave him the answer I knew or what I, you know, what I thought. And, uh, basically he's like, you know, you're on the right track. And he kind of gave me a few other things. And, uh, and he's like, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that tonight. So if you listen to the recording of tonight's Wednesday night Bible study, you'll hear the, the question and his answer about it. But, uh, but just to know, like I know, like most of you guys know, if you have a question about the Bible, you could go to Brian, you can ask him, and most of the time he's probably going to know the answer. Okay, maybe you wouldn't go to Brian. Maybe maybe you go to your dad. You go to somebody who knows the Bible, and they're not necessarily always going to have the answer. As you come to me, I may or may not have the answer, right? But the more time you spend in the book, the more time you spend reading, studying, praying, teaching, the more you spend time doing that, the more you're going to know, right? The more understanding you're going to have of it. Maybe you've never heard this exact question before, but you've read a, you've read a verse and that, you know, the Holy Spirit brings this to your, to your mind. Oh yeah, I think that sounds like this verse over here. You look it up. Oh yeah, that ties in perfectly here. And you can kind of work your way through those answers. 
none of that comes just like naturally, right? None of that, none of that comes just because, you know, Brian's super smart and he just knows the Bible so, so well, right? That doesn't just happen. It happens because uh, he spent a lot of time doing it. Anybody that, that is, uh, you know, that we would consider somebody who knows a lot about the Bible, somebody who spends a lot of time doing it. And so, um, like I said, the, the focus or my, my point of doing this particular message was to kind of try to get ready for camp and to maybe start developing some discipline in your life so that, you know, as God give you, gave you something at camp, something you can work on or something you can apply or something you need to change, that maybe you'd have, start to have some discipline or, okay, I can change things in my routine. It is, you know, change is never fun. No one likes to make changes uh, in their routine. We all kind of have a routine that we follow. But, you know, if we learn to, like, to make adjustments to our routine, uh, then it becomes a little easier to do that. So the plan was to do that ahead of time. Like I said, so many things came up between when we first started talking about this until uh, camp time. So now we're going to be on the back end of it. But I think all of you guys that went to camp, at least, kind of took away something from camp, right? Elizabeth shared something that uh, on Sunday Juju shared. Um, you shared on stage, didn't you? Yeah, you shared on stage. Uh, hopefully you got something that you can take away from camp. Hopefully Hallie got something she can take away from camp. And then all of us can help Bianca by telling her what we took away from camp so she can apply something. But uh, but like I want you guys to be able to apply the things that you have decided. So some people raised their hand, I think it was that last night or the second to last night, uh, you know, they wanted to get baptized. Some people were talking about they wanted to start discipleship. I've already had somebody approach me about wanting to start discipleship since we got back from camp. Uh, you know, we had one, one uh, guy get saved. One other guy kind of confirmed his salvation. So, you know, God did some things at camp. And uh, whatever he did in your life, whatever uh, things like Elizabeth shared that um, about being an influencer, right? Not allowing the world to influence you. Uh, you know, you be the one who's influencing them uh, for the right, the right things. Well, how do you do that? How do you, you gotta have some discipline in your life? You have to like implement those things in your life so that you know when you're around other people, they see that in you, right? That's one way that you can be an influencer to people around you is uh, start developing those habits, start developing that routine in your own life, and then uh, you know the more that that becomes part of who you are, the the more that uh, people will see that. And so, um, open your Bibles up to Second Timothy chapter three. So one thing I did before we, like, the last time I taught this, I challenged you guys to something, and then we never came back to it because we haven't talked about this since then. So uh, I'll give you a refresher and give you another week to to think about it. But um, I challenge you guys to think about, you know, is is spending time with the Lord daily, is that something that is important to you? Um, because, I mean, obviously, I think that it should be important to you, right? It's important to me. Uh, it's important to God that we spend time with him. But that, I think that needs to be where we start. Is it something that's actually important in our life that we want to spend time with God? Because if, it, if it's not important to you, if that's not something that you're really interested in doing, um, you know, that's okay. But, like, make the decision intentionally. Like, be intentional with that decision. Like, you know, hey, right now, spending time with the Lord is not really a priority for me. Okay, well, I, I hope and I'll pray that that, that would change, but uh, be intentional about that. So I think so often we um, we allow our time to just be consumed with other things, and then we get to the end of the day, and it's like, oh, shoot, 
I didn't read my Bible today. I didn't pray today. I didn't, you know, tell anybody about Jesus today. I didn't. Re- I wasn't really intentional with my thoughts for today. I wasn't intentional with, uh, you know, the people that I interacted with today, because I wasn't really even thinking about God. And now it's 11 o'clock at night. It's time for me to go to bed, and hopefully tomorrow maybe I'll get around to spending time with Him. Right? That is. That was my story for like 10 years of my life, probably. Right? When I was in my teenage years up to my like late 20s, you know, when I thought about it. I would read my Bible. When I thought about it, I would, you know, maybe try to invite somebody to church or strike up a conversation about God at work. Like, when I thought about it, those kinds of things happened. But when I didn't think about it, I could go days and, you know, I'm I'm playing video games, I'm, you know, hanging out with my friends, I'm watching TV, uh, you know, me and and Brenda are doing something, Uh, we have to start having kids, then it's like, well, now we have kids that are keeping us busy. Like, things, if I didn't prioritize spending time with the Lord, then it seems like all the, all the day just kind of went away and I didn't have time for him at the end. And so, uh, the challenge I gave you guys to think about, is it important for you to spend time with the Lord really caused you to think about, cause I think most of us, if I just asked you that question, I think most of us would say, yes, it's important. Uh, but then I think the way that we live it out in our lives, a lot of times our lives would say, no, it's not important. Right? So our words would say, yeah, it, it is important because we're thinking, yeah, it's important. It should be important. So, yeah, I think it's important because I know that's the right answer. But the things that are important to me are the things that I spend my time on, right? My wife, she's important. We try to spend time together, right? My kids, they're important. I try to spend time with them. My job is important, right? I spend time with that. Spending time with the Lord and, and the Word is important. So I try to spend time doing that, right? Like... There's a lot of things that are not important to me that I spend no time in my day doing. I spend no time in my day thinking about because they're not important to me. I don't care about them, right? There's certain activities that you guys have that would be not interesting to me and vice versa. Things I do that are not interesting to you. But the things that are important, we kind of make time for those, right? My parents used to, my dad especially, would used to always tell me, you know, like he'd get home from work and he's like, did you do whatever? Do the chore that I told you to do. Did you clean your room? Did you, you know, do this? Did you... Help your mom with that. Did you blah, 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 whatever thing, you know, whatever chore that I had definitely forgotten that day. I'm like, no, I didn't do it. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'll do it now. And he he always used to tell me if it was important, you would have done it. And he would sometimes use the example. If I told you to play video games today, you would have remembered to do that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I would have remembered to do that. That's fun. And the thing that you're telling me to do is not fun. And so I didn't prioritize that thing, right? It was not as important to me as the things that I wanted to do. And so the older I get, the more I think about the, thing, the times that he used to say that to me, because I've probably heard that like hundreds of times in my life. Uh, but it's true. The things that are important to us are the things that we spend our time on. And so uh, watching football is something that's important to me. Football season's coming up. So my family knows on Saturday afternoons or Sunday afternoons when we go home from church, TV's probably going to be on. It's probably going to be on football. I may or may not be sitting there watching it all day, but I definitely want to know what's happening, who's winning. It's usually on, at least for the Chiefs game, it's definitely on. After the Chiefs game's over or before the Chiefs game starts, it may or may not be on. But I'm, you know, I'm watching highlights on my phone. I'm watching highlights on TV. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio even now when it's not football season. Uh, I want to, I, I want to know about football. I want to know what's going on. I want to. Those things are important to me. Those may not be things that are important to you, but I don't usually forget to listen to my podcasts, 
about the Chiefs. I don't usually forget to watch the Chiefs game. I know when the Chiefs games are going to be on. It's, it's not going to like sneak up on me one day and Brenda's going to be like, hey, are the Chiefs playing today? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if they're playing or not. I know that week when it's leading up to the weekend, we gotta have, we got to be home at this time or we have to be at somebody's house who's going to have the game on that is going to be quiet so we can all watch it. Like, that's just kind of the routine during football season. Well, that's because it's important to me, so I kind of rearrange things to make that work. I've been playing a lot of disc golf recently. I find time to make time in my week for disc golf because I like it. It's fun. Uh, so I, I, you know, I prioritize those things that are, are important to me. So anyways, I say all that to say, find out, is your relationship with God actually something that's important to you? Because if it is, you'll make time for it. And the, maybe that's at the end of the day. That's I read my Bible a lot at night. Juju texted me last night, like 11 o'clock or 1030. I was reading my Bible. That's when I usually read my Bible is at night. So maybe you read it in the morning. Maybe there's a certain time when you, as soon as you get home from school, maybe you have some time before your parents get home and that's a good time for you. Whenever, find a time. But So it doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning, but just prioritize that time. Just know when I get home from school, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to open my Bible and read before I sit down in front of the TV or before I get my phone out or before I eat a snack or before whatever, uh, you know, prioritize that. So that was one of the things I challenged you guys to do is, is to really consider if it's important to you, not just intellectually, but uh, is it worth sacrificing something else in my life to make time for that? So that was one. Uh, and then the other thing was... Um, to make a choice about something that you like that you could change. So I talked about like, you know, even if you just read your Bible for 15 minutes a day, that's like, you know, two chapters, maybe one to, one to three chapters, depending on how fast you read and depending on how long the chapters are. If you just take 15 minutes and I challenge you guys to think about, you know, where you could cut that 15 minutes from, because if it's not part of your routine now uh, and I tell you, hey, add this to your daily routine. Okay, well, if I add that, then something else has to come away, right? I can't get an extra 15 minutes in the day, so I have to fit that, what you're asking me to do, into the time that I already have, which means I'm going to sleep 15 minutes less, I'm going to spend 15 minutes less time on my phone, I'm going to spend 15 less minutes, you know, playing outside, whatever the thing that you like to do is, you're going to have to cut a little bit of time out of that in order to make time for something new, right? And so I can I ask you guys to just think about you know, what would be something important that you are like, how could you fit that into your life? So those are kind of the two things I'm going to ask you guys to do again this week um, is to just consider those two different things and think about how you can make that work. Because uh, being intentional about how you spend your time and being intentional about, um, you know, having a relationship with God, that's really important. Like making a plan, like having a, a desire to do that. But the discipline comes in at the, at, on the back end of that. Like once you make the plan, and being intentional is making the plan. But once you make the plan, then you have to do the plan. That's the discipline part. It, it, it's it's fairly easy to make a plan. Uh, me and Brenda always talk about this. I read this book. Uh, I don't remember if it was in the book Quitter or if it was in the book. Uh, There's another book by the same guy, John, John Acuff. He wrote a book called Quitter, and he wrote a book called something else. Maybe a start, yeah. I think he has those two books. He has some other books too, but but he wrote in this book and he wrote this example and it like was perfect example for me and Brenda. Uh, he wrote like in his relationship, in his marriage with his wife, uh, he is the wow person and she's the how person. And if you've never heard that before, basically the wow person is like has all these ideas and they're like 
you know, always thinking about what the next big thing could be. We should do this. We should go on this big trip. We should buy this car. We should build this house. We should, we should, we should have a kid. We should do whatever. All these things. And that's me. I, I have like all these ideas and I can, I can like come up with all these, uh, not, I was almost going to say plans, but they're not really plans. They're just like ideas. And some of them are stupid and terrible ideas, but they just, I can think about, I can think of them quickly, right? I have lots of ideas. And Brenda's the how person. And so her, then well, as soon as I'll say, hey, we should do this, then she's like, okay, well, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to pay for that? How are we going to do this? Who's going to watch the kids? Blah, 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 blah. She has like 40 questions. And like before she even gets done with a couple of them, I'm already like feeling like she just ruined my plans. Like I had this big idea I was so excited about. And then she's like raining on my parade. And that, I mean, that's that has been our life, well, basically our whole marriage. There's been those kinds of, not like she's constantly ruining the fun, but I just mean, I would always come up with something and then she would always ask all these questions about how it would work and I, I didn't have an answer because I hadn't really formulated a plan. But in the moment I felt like, well, she just crushed it. She's, that's her saying she doesn't want to do the thing, the cool idea that I came up with that I think is so awesome. If I felt like she was not wanting to do that. But I read this book, he was like, I'm the, I'm the wow person him, the guy who wrote the book, and my wife is the how person. And so when she asks all these questions, it's not her saying, like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. You're an idiot for thinking of this. And that's not what Brenda was doing. She was like, okay, I want to get on board. Tell me how this is going to work. Before I get all excited about it, I want to know, like, how this is going to work. Uh, you know, what am I actually agreeing to before I just say, yeah, go ahead and do that. Because inevitably down the road, we're going to come to a point where she's going to realize, oh, this is not what I signed up for. And I'm going to realize, oh, I didn't actually plan this out. I don't know what we're doing. And then we've wasted this time. We've gone down this road for no reason. And so so being intentional is like coming up with the ideas and coming up with the plans. And, yeah, it's it's great if we say, I want to sit down. I want to read my Bible 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. Or I want to read my Bible 15 minutes and I want to pray. Or I want to tell this this particular friend at school about Jesus. How am I going to do that? Okay, so the being intentional is like coming up with the idea and the plan of what you want to do. But then the discipline is the how. Like every day I have to sacrifice something that I want to do in order to fit time in to read my Bible. Okay? Well, if, if reading my Bible is something I want to do, well, then that's going to be easy. If I've, if I've already been intentional about setting aside time to read my Bible, well, the discipline is going to come a little bit easier. But we still have to go through the, the action of doing the thing that, that is, uh, is difficult. If it's cutting out 15 minutes of sleep, I don't like to wake up early. So that's going to be really difficult for me. So when I'm making my plan, it's, well, I'll just stay up 15, late, 15 minutes later and read. That's a lot easier for me than getting up early. So, you know, work it out and, and decide ahead of time to be intentional uh, and then have the discipline to be able to kind of follow through on it. So, um, all right, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Somebody read that for me. Okay, so going back to the football analogy, at this time of the year, right, football season's about to start, they're in training camp, preseason games have already started. Uh, this time of the year, most teams kind of have this idea that, hey, we want to make it to the Super Bowl, okay? We're going to work really hard, we're going to train, we're going to practice, we're going to you know, run all these drills, we're going to show up early, we're going to stay late, we're going to study film, we're going to learn all these, the names of all these plays, we're going to 
dedicate our life for the next four to six months, and we're going to try our best to win the Super Bowl, right? That's the goal of all these teams. Now, some of it's more realistic than others, but that's kind of the plan. That's what they go into the season. Everyone wants to do that, okay? There's 53 players on each team. There's 32 teams. I don't know how many players that is, like 1,500 players, okay? Only 53 of those people, only one team gets to win in the end, right? Only one team makes it all the way and wins the Super Bowl. So most of those players are not going to hit the goal that they're aiming at. But the ones who do make it, they better be prepared to fight to get what they want, right? If they want to win, if you want to win at anything, you have to know that most of the time there's going to be opposition, right? In In a spiritual sense, the opposition is the devil, right? It's our flesh. It's the world around us. Right? It's all working against us to, to like try to get us to not be successful uh, in the you know in the realm of being a Christian. So, yea, all, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The Bible is pretty upfront with us, telling us, hey, if if this if you're serious about this, if you actually want to be a successful Christian, if you want to live a Christian life, not just uh, in in name, like oh, I'm a Christian, but like what Mason was talking about, like. Christian, I'm acting like a Christian. I'm living as a Christian. If that's really what you want to do, the Bible's pretty clear. Just know that that's going to result in some persecution. Some more harsh than others. In America, it's pretty light persecution. Generally speaking, it's people thinking you're weird or, you know, making fun of you or something like that. It's not generally physical, like torture or pain or death. Those things we don't usually face in, in America. But there's going to be some persecution. So count the cost, right? Football players, when they start the season, they know if I want to play in the Super Bowl, I've got 17 games to play plus three preseason games. There's 20 games. Plus it's going to be three or four more games in the playoffs. Right? We're talking about a lot of wear and tear on our body. It's going to take a lot of time away from my kids or my wife or other things that I'm interested in. Right? There's going to be a price to pay. Before they start the season, they know that. they got to count the cost. Is it worth it? Do we think we can really make this happen? And if we can, let's go for it, right? Do you think that you can sacrifice some time out of your day to actually spend time with the Lord? If the answer to that question is yes, just know that this verse and tons of others are are telling you there's going to be some persecution, right? The enemy is not going to be very happy about that. Um, But count the cost ahead of time. Go to Romans chapter 12. Mason read this. Uh, verse at least once at camp. And we've talked about it several times in here before. So it's kind of weird to think about like the idea of if I'm signing up to be a, a good Christian or if I'm signing up to follow the Lord, I'm signing up to, to suffer persecution. That's a tough pitch. Like, n- you know, like no, like if somebody who's in sales is not going to get up and say, hey, if you buy this product, your life's going to suck. Right? That's not a good pitch. No one's going to buy it if that's if that's your pitch. Uh, and you know, Christianity is not saying that if you live for Christ, your life's going to suck. That's not what I'm saying. You are going to suffer some persecution, but there's also you know there's a, there's a, a positive side of that, right? There's eternal rewards. Nothing I can do on this earth, <clears throat> aside from following the Lord, is going to last forever, right? Doesn't matter how good I am at my job here. Doesn't matter how good I am, uh, you know, at watching football or doesn't matter how good any of us are playing ultimate frisbee those things are not going to last forever right no one cares like next next week no one's going to care how that went right uh, mason talked about you know at camp 
<clears throat> that uh, no one cares, you know, who your friends were in high school or how popular you were or how unpopular you were or any of that. Like that's, you know, by the time you get out of high school, no one cares. No one, no one asks me who my friends were in high school. I don't have many of the same friends from high school. Um, I lost my train of thought. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. See if I can get it back. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we better count the cost. Okay, if you if you want to serve the Lord, you better count the cost. Um, this verse tells us that, uh, in verse one, tells us that um, we better present our, or we, we we're going to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Okay, that means we're going to be uh, maybe doing things that we don't necessarily. Or like going through things that we don't necessarily want to go through, but uh, you know, when you're giving your body a living sacrifice, it's like, okay, God, whatever you want, I know that this is going to be, you know, ultimately it's going to come out for your glory. I'll do whatever you're asking me to do, not because like I just enjoy suffering or I enjoy going through difficult times, but uh, because it's going to bring glory to you. The sacrifices in the Old Testament, right? That required the death of an animal, so that. God could redeem somebody, right? So the blood of the animal, the blood of that sacrifice was used to cover that person's sins. Okay? It was used to like restore the relationship between them and the Lord. Well, that required for that animal to die, right? So for us, this is telling us we need to be a living sacrifice. Okay? That animal probably didn't want to die, right? It takes it 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 took its life um to be that sacrifice. This this verse is telling us that we need to be a living sacrifice. Not just for no reason, but so we can bring uh, honor to God. Uh, then it says at the end of that verse, which is our reasonable service, right? Uh, Jason McGuire says it's the least you can do, right? It's the least we can do for God to present our bodies a living sacrifice to him because he presented himself a sacrifice for us, right? So it's the least we can do to, to you know, pay that back um, as best as we can. Obviously, we can't pay it back. but um, And then in, in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay. It takes like, it takes uh, transforming our mind. It takes renewing it by spending time here uh, in order to kind of wrap our minds around <clears throat> this idea of, of serving the Lord and the daily discipline that that takes. Uh, our flesh really never gets to a point that it just loves spending time in the word. Right, I I mean I read my Bible every day. Very rarely am I missing days. My body still, my my flesh still doesn't want to do it. I mean, there's still times at night where I'm like scrolling on my phone, or I put the kids to bed, and then I sit down and I'm eating dinner, or I'm doing something. I turn the TV on, and you know I watch something, and then you know I'm like, well, I'll watch one more episode, and then I'll go read, and then that episode gets over, and it's like, ooh, that ended really good. I want to watch the next one, you know. And then the next one goes, and I'm like, okay, once this one's over, then I'm going to go read. And then I look at my watch, and I'm like, oh, it's like 1.30 in the morning. i got to get up early, and, you know, stuff happens. Right? My flesh never is like, oh, yeah, let's go read the Bible. Let's, let's give up watching TV, or let's give up doing whatever it is else that I want to do. It's not like, let me give that up so I can go read my Bible. It really never gets, like, super easy to do that. It still takes discipline. It takes constantly renewing our mind um, to develop that discipline. So... Um, that's, this is mostly like a recap of what we were, what we went over the first, 
uh, two weeks of this. And uh, I don't know how many more weeks we're going to go on it, but I want you guys to like, just really think about that this week. Think about uh, those two things. Think about, is it something that's important to you? And think about, you know, how you can work that into your life. And then, like, actually start doing that, right? Start, like, working out that muscle. So, uh, you know, don't, <clears throat> don't be thinking about, like, the, the end goal of one of these days I'm going to be, this is going to be so easy and I'm going to be so great at being a Christian. I'm going to be so good at reading my Bible. I'm just going to love it. Uh, you know, there are days where, and, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'll read and I'm like, man, that was, that was so good. I'm so glad that I did that. You know, and then there's other days where it's like, man, I just don't really feel like it and I got to fight myself to do it, you know? And so, uh, yeah, just kind of start working on those discipline muscles, start working on, uh, you know, the, the mental side of it, start working on thinking about how you can implement it, thinking about how you can be intentional with it. And then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll work our way through the rest of this uh, over the next few weeks. So let's pray, and then we'll be out of here a few minutes early. Dear God, thank you for this evening. God, just thank you for uh, just bringing us together. God, thank you for this last week of camp and just all the ways that it ties into what we're talking about here with discipline, God, and um, just being an enduring Christian and all, all the things that we talked about last week, God, and just uh, how important those things are. God, I pray that... Uh, that this uh, kind of recap or restart of, of this discipline study, God, would just be profitable for all of us, God. Discipline is is uh, not pleasant to, to go through, God, but once we get the routines established in our life that uh, we're going to follow you, we're going to we're going to use our our lives as a living sacrifice to you, God. It just um, that's that's what being a Christian is all about. And so I just pray that this is a um, just an encouraging message, and God, that it's something that we can apply this week as we uh, go out. God, I pray for um, just pray for this week, God, as we're getting ready to, kids are starting back to school here soon, and uh, God, routines are going to get shaken up. God, I pray that this would just be a good time to just implement some new things in our in our daily routine, God, myself included. And uh, I just thank you and praise you for everything you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Huh? You're welcome.